Welcome to The Brand is Female, I'm Ava Hartling. Every week I speak with a different woman leader about her journey so we can all be inspired and empowered by our mutual stories. If you like our show, I'd like to invite you to listen to another podcast we just started producing at The Brand is Female. That's right, we're growing our network. This new show just launched last week and it's called Everyday Ubuntu by the inspiring Mungi Engomane, author and human rights activist. Her guests are personalities from different backgrounds who believe in our common humanity and who are helping make our world a better place. Look for Everyday Ubuntu on the podcast platform of your choice and hit subscribe. Today, my guest is Melanie Elzam, founder and creative director of Olmsted Outerwear. Melanie is an entrepreneur who created an outerwear brand that truly does things differently. She believes in slow fashion and in garments that are well-made to stand the test of time. Olmsted coats are made by hand in Montreal and the manufacturing process is anchored in sustainability as well as care for the materials, the planet, and the humans who wear Olmsted coats. Before we get to our conversation, I want to thank our sponsor. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group, the Women Entrepreneurs. TD helps women entrepreneurs achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing, and mentorship opportunities. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. I'm Melanie Elizam, founder of Homestead Outerwear. Grew up, I grew up in fashion and textile. I spent my youth airing in uh, in manufacturers and in uh, workshops. Um, you know, at a very young age, I saw the entire production process from you know tech pack to patterns to um, cut and sew, but also knitting from you know from thread to to, to fabric, to rolls of fabric. And um, I saw uh, designer pieces, designer garment uh, being packaged just after being uh, freshly branded with their, uh, their tag and labels. So I, I saw the product for uh, what, it, what they were uh, before, uh, how they were perceived. You know, so I was really in touch with, with, with just garments and fabrics. So, and then I was, I was bored, so bored in those manufacturers <laughs> and then hanging out in different parts of the places. And um, a, a room was full of, uh, you know, those um, première vision uh, trends, uh, books, and then, and then others from fabrics and swatches and all that. So I, I grew up in that field um, and I was never very impressed with it. <laughs> I wasn't very really with, the, with, the, with fashion itself. You know, um, uh, when we were saying, when I was reading like this orange will be the orange of the season or this is the turquoise of the year, I was, um, I always thought it was very, um, um, shallow and um, unsignificant. Mm. If you do wear superficial blue, and if you like brown, well, then you will always prefer to wear brown, and and this is the way you should just dress up, really. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So I grew up in that field, but to me, uh, function was 
much more attractive and I was adventurous. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to be uh, in the outdoors, uh, very attracted by sailing and scuba rock climbing. So I did that uh, in my youth and um, it's on a sailing yacht, like uh, sailing across the ocean. That I, I, I was always uh, thinking, um, you know, clothing. What what would I want to wear right now? Because I mm-hmm. I had to stop over in England and then go rock climbing in Asia. So I wanted to have a small backpack with like uh, easy to care for equipment and not synthetic because I just right. couldn't have it on my on my skin. Uh, and then I created my first brand uh, when I came back uh, and settled down uh, when I was 24. Um, and I created Fig, which mm-hmm. was like a sportswear, yoga wear, travel wear brand uh, made exclusively uh, from cotton, cotton and lycra. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to have it locally made. And because I knew, you know, I knew the manufacturers, uh, I knew how it could be in it and uh, how it was important to empower the people who were working in it. And I wanted to be close to my manufacturing process. So I kept my production locally and I had Mm -hmm. run for seven years. Um, I moved on to uh, being more of a a manager in the, uh, in the multimedia business, I became like a producer and a CEO of a multimedia studio. And, uh, and I, but I, I came back to my real passion around like my, in my forties. And I was like, no, this is, this is where I, I really love myself the most and uh, where I feel more confident and where mm-hmm. the hours that I put in like even if it's so difficult, it never feels like work. So, right. yeah, so I came back to that and then I, I started again and I created a homestead. So, here I so it's, a, it's a true passion. You were called back to it because it's, it, it was your, your true calling, basically. Yeah, I guess. Um, tell me about someone who would have inspired you. Maybe it's someone close to you in your family or a circle of friends could be an external inspiration, a woman leader. Uh, what made you think, okay, you know, I can have this project led entirely by me. It's going to be my, my baby. Was there a source of inspiration for that? Or was it just naturally, you know, in you to take that leadership and ownership of, a, of the entire project? Well, um, being an entrepreneur was something natural because I saw it. It was in within my family but my muse like this this it's it's a bit tacky but my my ultimate inspiration like for many years now has been angelina jolie oh wow okay i like that (laughs) i want to know why (laughs) well because um you know i I can't because i'm 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 just uh uh, very, um, I'm attracted by fashion. I'm attracted by style. So you know, I, I love her uh, 
quiet style that is a balance of elegance and pragmatism. You know, she chooses simple pieces and um, always a mix of uh, like a neutral palette with very good quality fibers. So just as a sense of style and aesthetic, I like mm-hmm. I like what I see. But, you know, she she navigates between being this this super sexy feminine women and, and and also rock solid independent like Lara Croft style that right. has a motorbike and then can 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 use guns and you know she's outdoorsy and and then it's this mixture of, of fiction and and public image but also she you know she's independent she's motherly and then she's implicated with the UNHCR, yeah. and uh, you know she's been an, an, an advocate for for um, for uh, refugees like for for years now, and and the fact that she's got so many kids coming from from different parts of the world that she's inclusive. So so really, yeah. So I've been I've been um, I've been a fan of Angelina Jolie. Well, she, she's pretty badass. Like she, you know, and she kind of broke the mold for how the traditional Hollywood actress would behave. She doesn't care about those rules and including, you know, she's she's a mom to so many kids now. So she's really kind of redefined, you know, what it is to be a mother, an actress and an, an activist, et cetera. So I can see that. And then Tell me about what led you to launch Homestead specifically. And you have um, a very specific approach to how, um, you know, your supply chain is managed. Um, your product falls in the slow fashion category. And you touched on that when we started the conversation. I like what you said. I believe there was a touch of inspiration from your uh, your years being outdoors and, and wanting, you know, product that is made to last and that that has a natural origin as well. So I'm guessing all those ingredients kind of led you to the formula for, for Olmsted, basically. Yeah. Um, there again, uh, tr- yeah, uh, selling across the ocean was uh, gave me a certain uh, awakening, as in um, not seeing land for, for more than a month uh, and then Seeing nothing around you, but and then suddenly uh, coming across, you know, plastic floating around. Mm. Very, very shocking for me. And this was like twenty years ago. So right. I remember clearly having this blue door, these you know, these uh, these uh, plastic toilets the the, the that you can uh, transport. Right. The, yeah. the blue toilets that you use in festivals or in the, the porta potties. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you know a blue door of of of, of that floating mm. in the middle of the ocean, and you're like, okay, so plastic will never disappear, and this is right. the thing that we need to avoid. And um, compared to glass, compared to metal, compared to 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 to. to cotton to down to, to, to steel yeah so um i was determined to to um to avoid plastic and synthetic and mm-hmm. all those different versions of plastic whether it's uh, 
polypropylene or tensulate or Gore-Tex or all those brand names for uh, derived way of using plastic really. So um, I wanted to create a, a functional parka that would um, that would protect from from like shitty weather really like from from wet snow and cold wind and um we should start by saying you are from montreal you're based in montreal so you experience as do i some of the toughest winters in our country so um there there was a specific need (laughs) yeah It, it, it is not easy to navigate in the city during winter because it's it's not like being on this perfect slope and skiing and be fully prepared and it's uh, I was I didn't have like technical sportswear gear in mind I had like a classic urban uh, but functional outerwear you know to 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 be protected in the city during harsh Canadian winters. And this implicated to have like a huge hood that would cover your hair, your head, deep pockets that would allow you to, you know, to put your keys, your phone, your your snacks for your kids, your mittens, everything that you need to carry around that wouldn't right. require necessarily to, to have a bag on top of it because You know, putting a bag sometimes is, is just not functional when you have these huge parkas on. So it, it started from that and um, and a strong determination to use business as a way to do good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. To, to, um, to create a product that would have a positive impact on people, on the planet, and uh, to have a way to employ, 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 employ women, employ, um, to create uh, interesting, interesting jobs that would be rewarding and, um, and eventually give back, give back mm-hmm. to, to, Uh, well, in that case, uh, because of the raw material I'm using, it is also by using this raw material, and I'm, I'm, I'm giving back towards uh, the protection of um, those fragile nesting area. So this we could talk about later on, but it was part well, of. Yeah, I was going to ask you actually, how did you first come across this? specific material which is not widely used the journey was long it was a long year of, uh, of, of researching for raw material and I, i i thought that it wasn't going to be uh, possible to 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 avoid synthetic and to use only um, organic material and one of the mo- two 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 victory really happened two victories that happened like The first one was with my um, uh, uh, organic wax cotton uh, manufacturers. So they're based in England. They've been doing this since uh, 1864. Uh, they have like a strong know-how mm-hmm. and they uh, they do oil canvas um, that is like naturally weatherproof fabric. So for the outer shell, 
this right. was where I wanted to go, but I wanted to use organic cottons to do it. And uh, after a lot of uh, dealing with them, they they decided to to try it and go ahead with it. So this was the first victory, and then I they were dedicated to to create more sustainable product and 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 to modernize their facilities to 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 be more sustainable in their production and and they're constantly innovating so i thought okay so these suppliers will this supplier will will really help me uh, uh, for my my outer shell for the lining so this is set but then i was on a quest to find like a the, the best insulator like uh, you know a a responsible uh, fiber that would be natural and biodegradable, and down down is uh, certainly the, the best natural insulator. It's biodegradable, but then it's a by, it's a byproduct from the meat industry. But it's farmed, and then it's really controversial because the because of the treatment of the animals and. And the way farms can often be very polluting. So mm -hmm. I've heard of um, uh, either down, and then, um, but it was out of my reach uh, because it was so expensive. Suddenly, I uh, right. one uh, one person that is now a very close uh, collaborator and then soon to be partner. Uh, called me and say, "Hey, I really love what you're doing. You're, you're, I've been I've been on the look for for a system, sustainable partner company to partner with. I have an island in uh, the Saint Lawrence Estuary, and uh, we have like a, a very important percentage of uh, the annual Canadian harvest of eiderdown. And uh, and then suddenly, it kind of even if we're not using exclusively either down. It really drew the path mm -hmm. to use wild down, you know, not farmed down. Okay. So then we opened up to Inuit uh, down, which is also harvested from the nest by the Inuit communities, and um, and either down uh, that is harvested from the nest on a small nesting area, and with a harvest. Mm -hmm. Um, allows for the protection of the nesting area because it, it gives back enough funds to preserve the, the these these areas the, the natural habitat for the for the animals right so that was really a beautiful coincidence that somebody came across your your business idea and said I actually you know I can yeah. provide the eider down yes. it was really meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> that that's great Tommy so when you so you started Olmstead either down came next um what was the biggest challenge with the brand and certainly having a you know a full sustainability positioning is not always easy sometimes it, it comes at a cost because you know we're we're as retailers as brands the the selling price has to be a little bit higher because of the high quality of materials and um, you know the manufacturing that that is uh, that is local, not outsourced uh, to Asia or somewhere else where there's cheap labor. Um, but what was the number one challenge? Maybe something that even made you think, "I don't know if this is going to be successful." Producing locally was a huge challenge, 
uh, I never, I, I didn't think I was uh, going to produce in my own atelier. So at the very beginning, I thought right. I was uh, going to um, to work with contractors and uh, I figured out, I realized that I could never have the, con the amount of control I needed uh, and uh, I couldn't be, um, couldn't have the flexibility I needed to really innovate and develop this new product without uh, creating the atelier and the infrastructure to build the product in-house. So this was, this was um, a big shift in my initial intention. And it, it ended up being very, very clever and giving me uh, the flexibility to, well, to keep going and, and to, to, to create new styles and to produce on command and not to be um, stuck with the, low mi the, the, the minimums and uh, you know, completely controlling my, my, my production chain. So, uh, mm -hmm. so this was a big challenge, and um, uh, yeah, and and not go and not compromising, not go that the easy way because you start the business and you see, okay, I could buy those zippers. They're very cheap. I can order very low minimum, and nobody will know that you know that they're where they're made, and nobody will because it's just all such a small component. But I was very stubborn and I wanted to have no plastic and no synthetic in the entire product. So even in the smallest right. details, I kind of committed to my vision and I committed to having like always like the, the best material and the best quality and, and the most ethical suppliers. To, uh, to build this product. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Bank Group Women Entrepreneurs. Confidently building your business takes sound advice plus guidance, the right connections, tools, and resources. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. What's great about TD's services for women in business is their collaboration-based approach. They work with both internal and external partners that can provide education, financing, mentoring, and community support. TD employees are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. They can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship opportunities, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. And tell me about the moment where it felt like, okay, this might actually be successful. You know, my business will actually work out and people are going to want to buy this product. Was there like that aha moment where things felt like they were falling into place? <laughs> Maybe it hasn't happened yet. Well, the, no, the, the synchronicity with, with, with my suppliers gave me, gave me a, a, a real a real sense of uh, I'm going the right way and things will unfold beautifully. And um, because I believe in them, they believe in me and I, uh, our, our respective uh, mission and vision will unfold by following each other and encouraging each other. For, so 
if I stick with a supplier that is committed to sustainability and I keep trying their new development and, and, and wanting to evolve with them, I think it's one more client uh, for whom it's worth uh, innovating and, and, and being true to, mm-hmm. your, to your values. So, yeah, so these, it, it, I think it's, um, it's really motivating just, just when, you, when you see that you, have, you gather partners that have the same vision and, uh, and you name each other and then you encourage each other and have fidelity towards each other. I think um, right. it, it, it gives a sense of uh, possible you know, success and accomplishment. You brought up uh, the word innovator, and I think, you know, you are being very innovative with how the brand is managed and and how you've developed the product uh, and your positioning. So what kind of responsibility in your mind comes with that type of leadership? I'm kind of overwhelmed and lost by this multiplicity of uh, season that we have now in fashion. And um, yes. it's as a start as as a sustainable brand. It is just not sustainable to try to keep up with that. And um, I would love to see I would love to see like uh, beautiful pieces that translate the values and the aesthetic of a brand, but that that you could. That could all that could be available year after year, and that you could come back to and buy again if you relate to the brand. I I would mm-hmm. I think this is much more interesting than having to be on the on a quest for the newest, the latest, the trendiest, and to all always have to reinvent yourself with new collection. There's been a group of designers um, agreeing um, after, you know, after a few months of COVID, setting a new standard for how many seasonal launches there would be in a year, for example. So we're now seeing, you know, some of the big players who are willing to revisit that and make actual change. Um, but your brand has been doing that since the start, so that's that's you're you're a true innovator in that in that sense. Um, so switching away from from your business specifically, although there's a link, um, is there an author or a book that you've read, uh, something that's really influenced you, um, you know, as a woman, possibly as an entrepreneur as well? Maybe something that you find yourself going back to. Uh, it's not completely related. Um, I'd say. Uh... The recent books from um, Yuval Noah Ahari, uh, you know, Sapiens and Homo Deus and 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. I thought it was just a good perspective on humankind and on, uh, you know, considering so many different aspects like politics, geography, uh, um, religion, uh, science, and it shed like, it sheds light beautifully on, 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 on humankind and how we got where we are. The shift we need to take like the, uh, in our perception and uh, the way we care for land and animals and humankind and how we really need to collaborate to avoid um, 
collapse of our ecosystem. I want to ask about how, so your mom, in addition to being an entrepreneur, um, you know, multi-hyphenate as most women are today, how do you keep it all together? How do you stay grounded? What keeps you in balance? What are things that, yeah, exactly. I hate using the expression balance. In fact, I had stopped using it for a while because that's kind of impossible. But what keeps you grounded? Let's let's phrase it that way. Seeing old friends, this is always very grounding. Um, and for me, being in being back in being in nature really keeps me grounded. Uh, swimming in a lake, in a river, uh, walking in a forest, and and here in Montreal, it's very difficult to do it, but. Uh, Walking on the Mont Royal has always been my 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 place, my ritual where I come back to myself, where I where I breathe again, when I have perspective, and uh, walking in the in the cemetery uh, of the Mont Royal, and I reconnect with my uh, another. Uh, source of inspiration, this uh, Frederick Law Olmsted. I forgot to ask you about the name. He was a visionary and he, he was a um, conservationist. And he was more about, you know, he was an, a landscape architect, but he was more about conserving what was there than transforming what was there and, and, and planning, uh, planning, uh, Things uh, with years, uh, with, with, with years to, to before you know obtaining uh, uh, the wanted result. You know, like uh, Central Park was designed with uh, thinking that nothing would come, would be at maturity before fifty years. But, you know, he was you see what seeing in the distance, like seeing like um, countryside with different. Uh, with a deep perspective, like seeing a different level of gardenings of trees and, and considering the rocks in the backyard background, but also allowing for forests to fully grow and then to have like mature landscape. So he, he was also an innovator and a, and a visionary. Um, I want to ask you what you wish women would do more of. We need we need to we need a lot of solidarity right now, and I'm seeing more and more of 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 it. Um, you know, encouraging each other, working with each other, uh, growing uh, a network of, of, of women and allowing ourselves to work the way we kind of naturally do. I, I think that, um, I mean, it's, I don't like to generalize, but often uh, women would primarily express their doubt when they bring up new concept or when you ask them to work with you on a, on, a, on, a, on a certain thing, they will say, I doubt that I have enough time. I doubt that I'm the, the right person for it. Or um, maybe it's not the right timing for me. Or, and then on the opposite, I think that men would easily have enough time, be the right 
person have the the right concepts. It takes more more faith and uh, a sense of collaboration to to in, to embrace this feminine right. way to do things. And I think that once we've overcome this 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 doubt, it becomes a strength. And once we we learn that not to be cured by it, then um, yeah, then it's exponential. Then we kind of uh, stimulate each other, and then I feel that uh, the collaboration is becomes very more, uh, much more interesting. So yeah, I wish I I, I wouldn't say. I wish women were more confident and bold and uh, and trust themselves because I think it's of course I wish that but it's not always within us to come out this way but I think it should be uh, an mm. effort an active effort to be witness to welcome this doubt and to compose with it so you answered the question what you wish women would do more of. And I want to ask you what is on your agenda for, you know, the months ahead? What are you trying to do more of or, or well, less? Of I, I, I realize that I, I work much better with women than uh, with men uh, in general. Uh, I didn't, I, I didn't think so a few years ago. And um I always thought I had a difficult way to to um, express my concepts or to put my vision um, up front, uh, but I think uh, I I I think that the way that that women exchange ideas is is um, is much more collaborative, and I decided to reorganize a little bit my my team and my workforce to you know privilege and uh, to choose to work with women more and more uh, my crew is basically mm-hmm. uh, well yeah I'm women now <laughs> well that's I mean I think that's a great goal um, and in terms of Olmstead, so what's coming next for the brand? I think there's some exciting uh, projects on the horizon for you. So, well, there's there's different things. There's uh, this first um, boutique atelier, like flagship, that is opening soon, and I'm mm-hmm. um, I'm um, I'm curious to see how it will unfold because uh, I'd like to create uh, different partnerships with different brands. Uh, and I'd like mm-hmm. to feature as well to have like uh, other brands in 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 the boutique atelier because why not? I'm discovering more brands that are like uh, uh, owned by women, and uh, I think that there's a lot to pick from and lots of links to do and lots of um, so yeah. So so this is a this is a project that I uh, have for Olmsted with uh, with the new store. And um, and also to have, um, I'd like to be more directly implicated this down harvesting, whether it's with community or uh, in the Saint Lawrence estuary, 
and to try to, 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 to build. And this is something I've been discussing with so many different partners for years now, but for a year now, um, and trying to develop a kind of a, a certification because we don't have any certification here in Canada for our Canadian down. There's the responsible down, there's tristable down, there's Icelandic down, but something that would um, mm-hmm. be a guide of conduct, uh, be a guide of conduct for Canadian down and for uh, wild down and uh, harvested down from the nest and not farmed. I love that. That's really exciting. Well, thank you so much, Melanie, for speaking with me today. I'm very excited to see the next chapter for, for Olmstead and for you. So we'll keep an eye out for, for the new boutique. Thank you so much, Eva. Thank you to Melanie for speaking with me today. I hope you enjoy our conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review. Five stars would be appreciated. Thank you to TD Bank Group Women Entrepreneurs for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back in a week with a new guest. Yeah.